Tandem Nomads, episode 162. I think what's most important is knowing that you can go from overwhelmed to having calm confidence about all your roles. And a key way to do that is making your time visual. Hello, Nomad Nation. Welcome to Tandem Nomads, the podcast show and entrepreneurship platform where you can find great inspiration and tips to grow a successful, portable business and thrive in your global nomadic life. This is your host, Emel Deregi. I'm a business and marketing coach and the founder of Tandem Nomads. At the time where I'm recording this episode, it is quite an interesting time. It is the time where we're all battling worldwide the coronavirus. I want to talk about something that I noticed in the past weeks um, regarding the time, the, manage- the time management, especially for parents and particularly for moms who very often tend to take a lot of roles at once. And I just want to be mindful to not also, to not dismiss all the parents and fathers as well here. Um, so you're all welcome and this is all for you. Uh, this episode is all about how to manage your time when you have to run as well a business from home. And I know that this is becoming even more of a challenge in a time where people are locked down and the whole family is at home. It's hard to focus. Schools are closed. But I don't want to make this whole episode about this crisis either because I think that this challenge exists in no matter what. It's already challenging enough in normal circumstances. So in this episode, to talk about how to make the best of your time and manage effectively your time as a palm and as a parent, I brought to you a great expert in the topic, Kelly Nolan. Kelly, are you ready for this ride? I am very ready. I'm very excited. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to have you here, Kelly. So Nomad Nation Kelly is an attorney turned into time management consultant. She empowers busy women to go from overwhelmed to having calm confidence about juggling all their roles. So this is just a few words about who you are, Kelly, but I know that you have such an interesting background that, that you can, our listeners can also, can also relate to. So could you tell us more about you? Sure thing. So um, my name is Kelly Nolan, um, and I also grew up abroad. So I am loving everything that you do with your podcast. I think it's so fabulous. And I grew up moving mostly between the ages of five to 15 in many different countries um, with my family. My father's job took us abroad. Um, my mother, you know, really kind of had to like manage our whole life and all the moves and all the getting us acclimated to schools and all of the just, you know, struggles that come with it, but also wonderful parts that come with it. And I'm so grateful to have having grown up that way. Um, So I love everything you're doing and it's so exciting to be able to help a community of people that I really relate to and miss in a lot of ways too. (laughs) You've got to come and join us. (laughs) I do. I do. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us more about your background. So what were you doing before you became a mom and, and what are you doing now? How did the transition happen? Yeah. So I was an attorney. I was a patent litigator for almost six years. Um, I was living in Boston and met my husband there and he got placed out here in San Diego for residency. So I moved out here with him. So similar, like (laughs) kind of knew no one got, you know, transplanted here. And um, I practiced law here for a little over a year and then just was starting to start a family and wasn't enjoying the practice of law as much as I used to and realized that 
I am someone who is not naturally organized with time management, but because of my job, I had really been forced to come up with systems to help me be very organized in the legal world. Deadlines are everything. Um, Something like a third of malpractice cases are missed deadlines. You have to hit all your deadlines. And I, as someone who wasn't good at it, came up with some systems, realized a lot of people needed help with that as well. So I moved to a more collaborative business where I help people and mostly focus on women um, help manage their time because as life gets more complicated, it just becomes harder and harder to manage all the roles that we add to our plate and all the tasks that come with them. Yeah. So this is so good. And so I can't wait to hear your tips here. And the reason why we got in touch was because I was reaching out to my community saying, I need help because my clients are struggling now with this whole uh, virus that that is like really creating a lot of disruption in the, in the routines of the family and getting things done, getting work done and continuing to, uh, to run a business while having to deal with all of that. And that's how we got introduced. But I would love to make this episode also useful in general to all the parents who, in any case, they struggle with time management because it is hard Mm -hmm. to be at home to run a business and have young children at home and also older children as well. The problems don't get (laughs) less, I guess, when they grow. But I would love for you if you could paint us the pictures a little bit about all the challenges that in normal times, parents, especially moms, have. And why is it so difficult? I love this because I think it's something that we don't really talk about specifically, but everyone feels it and struggles with it. I think we learn how to run a calendar and manage our time maybe in middle school when life is much simpler. (laughs) And as we get older and we take on more with our careers or our business, and then we partner up with someone, and then maybe we have children, and then, you know, we're also trying to coordinate visits with extended family because we don't live with our family typically anymore. Um, There are just so many things that start getting added to our plate, and they're hard to know how to manage, and no one teaches us how to manage them. But and I speak mostly for women, we feel this deep shame or embarrassment about not knowing how to manage all those roles, um, even though no one taught us how to do it. And so I love helping women see that you do not have to be naturally organized at this. You do not, I mean, I don't know if anyone knows how to naturally do this, but there are systems we can use to help us get where we want to go, even though we're not naturally organized. So that's, I I love helping people realize there's nothing wrong with you. There's no character flaw if you are struggling with this, but there are ways to make life better. This is not what life needs to feel like all the time. Oh, I love this. I love that you say that. It doesn't have to stay that way. We can change it you can change it and you don't have to feel um, like you're trapped in it. There's a way to, to, to deal with this. So, so can you start giving us some tips then? What are the, what are the main recommendations you have for, for parents and especially moms? So I'm just going to make a quote here. I, I just think that we live in a society that's still strangely very patriarchal, even if we're in 21st century and still moms are the ones who, who take, on a lot of roles on top mm-hmm. of like being a mom, working, taking care of household. Um, so this is why I really want to focus on moms. I just want to acknowledge the fact those who are listening and who have been 
taking more roles and I'm talking specifically of fathers here. So please don't feel like you're not being seen because I do know that there's more and more fathers who are also being there and supporting. So I just wanted to put that note. So what are the recommendations that you would, you would want to share here with us of uh, how to deal with that, how to untangle all of that? Yeah. Well, so one thing, and as you so beautifully said, you know, we are living in a weird time where a lot of our normal schedules are suspended, but these principles would apply and do apply in both this strange new world we're living in. And then hopefully when we go back to normalcy, (laughs) you can still apply them. So the application may be different, but they apply in the same way. Um, My, my real, what I always work on with clients in a very nitty gritty way is getting rid of your to-do lists and making your time visual in your calendars. And I mean that for everything you have on your plate. So not just your work tasks, but also like getting kids ready in the morning, things like that. So putting all of your activities in your calendar, I will say by putting everything in your calendar, I do not mean fill up every space in your calendar. I love having white space. I love having freedom. But I think by making our time visual of how we're spending our time, we help ourselves become very realistic about what we can do with our time, which helps us feel accomplished at the end of the day instead of feeling like we are defeated by our never-ending to-do list. Mm -hmm. Um, So to bring that, that's kind of like my high-level concept, Um, to bring that in a practical way, I would encourage you to start getting clear on um, what are the activities you're doing in the day and blocking time for them in your calendar. And you know, you might not know exactly how long things take. It doesn't have to be perfect. You'll tweak it. Um, but to take a snapshot of that, a sliver of it is getting clear on when you as a parent have time to work. And I think just taking a step back and realizing Typically, when you have time to work is when your kids are asleep. So whether that's before they wake up and after they go to bed and then during nap times or also when someone else is in charge of them. And so getting very clear on what are those windows of time typically and having them represented in your calendar is a great first step to having clarity and being realistic about how much time do you actually have. And then once you have that clarity on typically this is when my free pockets of time are start layering over the tasks that you're going to do during those pockets of time Um, by being realistic about how much free time you have and then also how long things will take and what you can do during those free pockets of time. Your first reaction might be frustration in the sense that you want to get more done, but we all always want to get more done. By getting realistic about what you can get done, you'll start inherently prioritizing what's more important um, by what has to be there and protecting time for what's important to you. And I don't mean just work tasks. Like, you know, if you need to shower and you need to figure out when that's going to be, like block that in there. Give yourself a game plan for when you're going to shower, when you're going to have downtime, when you're going to read that fun book. Um, Reframe your calendar away from being this like mean boss that makes you eat your vegetables and into a tool and a friend that can help you start designing and living out the life that you really want to be living. That's so important. And one thing that I... I can imagine that's important in this case. Like, I love that you're saying, let's stop doing lists of tasks to achieve and then trying to figure out when to do it and rather look at first, how are you spending your time and where are the pockets where you know that you can work without being disrupted? 
and then focus on those times to get work done or in other cases to get take care of yourself do things you want to do which for me means as well learning what has to go yes i agree i think that um Often we struggle with what to say no to or what to get rid unload, unload off our plates. And by making your time visual, you very clearly start seeing, oh, I could grab this time back if I got rid of that, you know, mm-hmm. commitment. Or I what I love is by calendaring the things I want to do for fun, like reading a fun book or having a night with my husband where we just like watch TV and, mm-hmm. you know, have a glass of wine or, you know, whatever. There's no there's no right or wrong of how you should be spending your time. But when you make that time visual in your calendar and protect it, when some other invitation comes up and you see, if I say yes to that, I have to say no to my previous ideas of how I wanted to spend my time. It doesn't mean you have to say no all the time, but you're making a more informed decision. You're having ownership of how you spend your time. It's helping you be intentional, which I really love. Yeah, that's so good. I honestly think just getting into that habit on doing that can make a huge difference. Um, But I know it's not always easy. So how would you (laughs) recommend to juggle that, to make it a habit? Because it's not that easy to start making it a real habit and to make it a natural way to do it. Yeah. So there are there are great ways that you can do this in a non-overwhelming way. First of all, I think when I say like put everything in your calendar, a lot of people are like, Oh my gosh, that could, that will clutter up my calendar. It'll get overwhelming. Um, a great way is I'm a huge fan of Google calendar. Um, you can have different sub calendars to help divide up your day so that, and what's wonderful about those versus just color coordinating is you can click them on and off into view. So for example, you can have just like all of your calendars, I'm sorry, all of your events show up and then you can have a separate sub calendar for your more tasks, the things you want to do, but aren't like time specific. So you can click them on and off into view. So it's not overwhelming. Um, Going to your question, though, on how do we do this, how do we make this a routine, is it sounds, it sounds very like meta to go here, but calendar time where you are setting this plan into place. Um, in a typical world, like when we're not in this COVID time, I am a huge proponent of a Friday afternoon weekly planning session. Um, I have my clients block it out. I give them a specific agenda that they can tailor for themselves. But in short, what it is, is you look backwards over the past week, make sure you got everything done. If you need to follow up on anything or move it or, or, um, you know, maybe you didn't get to something, it's just moving it into your next week. It doesn't mean like do it all then in a feverish way, Um, but finding time for it in your next week. And then once everything, and you know, going over your list of clients or projects or things like that, making sure all the things you need to do in the coming two weeks are set up in your next two weeks. And then you go through your next two weeks and just like, does this all work and go day by day by day and just make sure it works. It will probably take you a total of an hour. I guarantee you it makes your like whole life run smoother. Um, when you do that, you just start seeing the conflicts ahead of time. You avoid them. You can move a meet half an hour a week beforehand, which looks way more professional than the day of. Mm-hmm. Um, it just helps you feel more on top of it. And why I love the Friday afternoon is it lets you like strut into your weekend feeling like you're on top of it all, like nothing fell through the cracks, which feels great. 
in times like this where things are a little more touch and go and things change pretty quickly, um, you know, consider doing like just planning the next two days in advance and um, understanding where your time's going. But that said, you know, don't get for too long, don't get stuck in the rut of only planning and like living in the moment and getting stuck in getting consumed by what's going on in this moment. Um, it's really important to take a broader look at where you want to go, especially for things like this that are indefinite. We don't know how long they're going to last. So it's important to look ahead and kind of still work towards your goals, even in the midst of chaos, even if you can only do baby steps to keep going. Yeah, that's important. What, what it also tells me is the importance of, I think if you want to manage overwhelm, we need to be intentional about addressing it. Yes. Intentional uh, by, first of all, making the time to, to look at it and assess what's the situation, what can I do about it with the tips that you shared, but as well being intentional when we wake up in the morning and say, I made this plan and I'm going to actually follow it. Yes. And I think that's, that's a very important. I'd like to speak to that feeling of overwhelm a little bit because mm-hmm. I think people don't recognize sometimes where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, when you use a to-do list, you might be thinking, well, I'm using a to-do list and that's fine and it works for me. And maybe I have <laughs> three to-do lists and sticky notes and post-it notes everywhere, but it, you might be thinking it's working fine. And you know, if it is, I'm not here to fix a system that isn't broken. But these are the problems I noticed when I was using a to-do list that I didn't realize did not have to be there until I made a change. One is if you have your tasks, the things that you want to do with your day spread on a to-do list and post-it notes and in your head and in your calendar to some extent and multiple different places, the things that you have on your plate are scattered and you don't have a clear view of what is on your plate, much less how you're going to get it all done. And that uncertainty causes a lot of overwhelm and stress. There's a real benefit to getting clear and having everything in one place so that you have clarity on what's on your plate and second, how you're going to get it done. Um, The other thing I'll say is when you do a to-do list, everything looks the same. It all takes up a line, but that those tasks could, something could take two minutes, something could take five minutes, um, something could take five days, something could require an office to be opened. Like if you have to call an office, something could require, you know, you could do if you're tired and low energy and other things require best energy and clarity of thought, but it all looks the same on a to-do list. So when you sit down to decide what you're going to do for the day, there's a lot of mental gymnastics that has to go on in your head to figure out what you should focus on next. And when you instead put all of that into a calendar, so you, you know, calendar something for Monday at 10 a.m. when an office is open, and then you calendar something for Sunday night when you know you don't really need high energy to do it, and then you calendar something for first thing Wednesday morning because you know you need great energy and that's when you work best, you're building in the um, factors into deciding what to do into your game plan so that then you just get to execute your game plan. You don't have to go through that thought every time you sit down. Um, that's something I didn't realize I could cut out of the equation if I just took the time to plan. And the last thing I'll say, and I mentioned it a little earlier is 
I really believe to-do lists lead to to-do list defeat. I think you can knock a day out of the park. You can do awesome. You can get all this stuff done. And then you go to cross that thing off the list. And all you see is like the 47 things remaining that you didn't get done, even though there was like no way you were ever, ever going to get it all done. Um, but you still focus on that instead of really feeling that pride and accomplishment of what you did do. And when you put things in your calendar and create that realistic game plan, you get everything that you wanted to get done that day done and you feel that sense of achievement. And that's huge. That, that is a really critical thing that will sustain you and keep helping you want to keep going on your business on being a great parent. And so I bring these things up to, to say that if you feel those things too, there is an alternative way. And I know because I used to feel those things, (laughs) I am not naturally organized at this and I've figured out ways, um, there, there just are systems you can use to avoid those pitfalls. Yeah, I think that's so important to, to highlight that. The importance of feeling like you're winning, feeling that you're doing things right. And if you always have the feeling you're not, what's going to happen? You might just give up. And I've seen some people giving up even their businesses because they have the feeling they're failing all the time. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. And, and, and I know that it can sound dramatic, but the connection between not managing time and, and, and failing in a business is actually a, a very, very close connection there. So I completely um, agree. I think everything comes back to time, which is why I love doing this. But, you know, if there's really anything in your life that's bugging you by protecting time in your calendar to help you achieve that or fix it or whatever it may be. Um, it, to me, it all comes back to time and how we manage it. Yeah. So we talked about, you know, um, the important about being, or, you know, the first thing, like you said, is not having a a to-do list, but instead looking at your calendar and building out those times and deciding what Mm -hmm. do you do when, what I like about that is also the, I think you touched upon it a little bit, but the fact that we don't have to think anymore, what I'm going to do next. When you have a list, you have to think, okay, what I'm going to do next, which one I'm going to do by having deciding in advance, what you're going to do when you're going to remove that decision-making process that is also taking a lot of energy and mental bandwidth to know, okay, what I'm going to do now, by the time you decide, you might already lose half an hour for you to take exactly. action. Exactly. And as an, as a parent, sometimes those pockets of time that you get are only half an hour to an hour. So you really want to be able to sit down and get going quickly and have a clear game plan um, so that you're not looking at your, you know, 70 item to-do list each time and trying to figure out what you have time and energy for in that moment. Mm, Exactly. So let's say now we've done that. We talked about saying no also, but what if there's just not enough time to get important things done like like technically on the calendar there's no time well I think that's really what I love about making time visual is when you put everything in your calendar so I mean when you're getting the kids ready when you're going to shower and get ready for yourself um you know their daycare hours when daycare is available or or um, school is available um your evening routines, bedtime, your bedtime, everything like that, you'll start seeing the actual that there is, there are pockets of white space, pockets of white space you might not have appreciated you have. So I think that's always a big one. First is we often feel like we don't have enough time, but 
by making your time visual, you'll start seeing the white spaces. Also, when you take your to-do list and put it in your calendar, you know, punt things out way in advance. Like if you don't have to, I'm trying to think of an example. If you have to get um, a jacket tailored, but you don't need that jacket for another four months because it's like a ski jacket or something, I don't know. You could punt it for two months and get it off your plate for now, but trust your system that it'll bring it back to you, that reminder when you need it. But you'll start seeing that, you know, your to-do list doesn't all have to get done right now. And by assigning it out, you'll start freeing up time from what you thought you had to do right now, if that makes sense. It's a Mm -hmm. little hard without the visual. Um, So the first thing is by making your time visual, you will see when you actually do have white space. You'll also see it ahead of time, which I really, really love. So let's say I do my week session. I see this upcoming week I have 45 minutes of free time at this one time, I can now plan how I want to use it um, to get something special done to me. Where before, honestly, before I did this, I would like almost stumble upon my free time. And that's when you like fritter it all away on Instagram for 45 minutes because you like don't have a clear idea of how much free time you had. You didn't have a game plan. You're probably a little tired, so you don't take advantage of it. And um, so that's where I find that people struggle when they think they don't have free time it's not like, oh, you shouldn't watch TV, but like, are you being intentional about what Mm. shows you want to watch? Is it bringing you joy? Um, Versus just like being too tired to think of something to do. So you just turn Mm. on the TV and then fritter it away. And then you walk away thinking, I still have no free time. Um, So part of it is I do think we have more free time than we realize, even with kids. Um, And candidly, even in this weird time where I have no daycare right now, I have way less time than I want but I still do have pockets of free time. And so how do I want to take advantage of those? And for right now, it's been relaxing and giving myself space and being gentle with myself. But because I don't know how long this is going to last, I'm now in the transition to, okay, like how am I going to make my business work and take advantage of those? We're actually going to talk about that. That's a very good point. I just want to touch upon one thing that I know from my having talked about this so many times, so many moms, some moms would tell me it's just not my nature to like organize everything in a calendar. What would you answer to that person? I think I get it because it's not something that I thought it seemed very rigid. I thought it seemed very structured and it would take away my freedom to put everything in my calendar. I didn't realize how much I was juggling in my head and using up all this brain space in my head to try and keep everything straight before I started using a calendar. Once I could get it all out of my head and give myself a plan, I freed up my own brain, which felt amazing. And I also am very flexible with it. I move my blocks of time around in my calendar all the time, but What's awesome is like in a situation like this, when, when, things, when things are not going to go to plan, I just drag and drop blocks around and find new homes for them. Mm-hmm. I then don't have to memorize my new schedule and take up brain space with that. Mm-hmm. It has given me and it gives my clients, like I know it's not just for me. I work with women on this too. And it seems counterintuitive, but by giving yourself a visual game plan, you give yourself freedom to be creative, to be intellectual, to... Um, be 
be smart without having to worry about all the logistics. Mm -hmm. That's basically the answer I often try to give is like, if you're not happy with the way things are going, it means that something has to change. And sometimes it is digging deep in the core of how you function. And it's very, very difficult to change our habits. But sometimes you need to break yourself in order to rebuild yourself, to build that better version of yourself um, that you want to grow and, 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 and be more thriving in this journey somehow. I think it has a lot to do with mindset as well and realizing that it's not working. You think it's working, but it's not. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. So there's one thing I'd love to talk about. It's about the support system. There's one thing that women especially don't do very well is building their support system. So I don't know if you have any tips there because I think that can help free time when when we need some more time than available in the calendar. Yes. I, I think um, it is always tricky. I think that um, I recent, so I, not recently, but as I shared, I was in Boston. I met my husband there. We moved to San Diego. Um, it was probably my last choice, which always makes people laugh because it's like the sunny beach place. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I knew no one here and I'm a very uh, community driven person. And that was scary to me. I think that kids are a wonderful key to meeting a lot more people, which is wonderful. Like something I hadn't fully appreciated when I had my daughter. Um, I have built an incredible group of local moms here just because of our kids' ages and meeting through the park and the playground and things like that. So I think um, use your kids to find more people to be your support group and not, you know, not everyone who has a kid your age because motherhood can be very lonely. And I think it's very wonderful to be able to talk about things you're going through and feeling, um, you know, the good and the bad with children. Mm -hmm. Um, I also think that, you know, we are so fortunate to live in a day and age where we have the technology. I know right now we're all isolated in our houses, but I've never had more virtual dates with friends <laughs> just to like catch up. And same thing, like just because they're not physically here, I can, they can still, you know, commiserate with me on the things that I need help with. And then the last thing is definitely what you were saying, like asking for help. Um, and right now it might be a little more tricky, but, um, you know, ask It took me far too long to ask for help, though, when I had my daughter. Mm -hmm. Uh, My parents are not here. They live across the country. Uh, My in-laws are a flight away, also not really driving distance. And so I was very alone. And that was before I used my daughter to meet friends. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was very alone, but I had people offering to help. And obviously, there are always you know, paid options for childcare. And I waited far too long because I thought I should be able to get this under control myself. And it was so critical once I had just some breathing space, just twice a week to have some time to myself, I just started feeling like my own person again. So I can't say that enough um, is to take advantage. It is, you don't have to be with your child and loving your child every second to be a great parent. I think it's huge to ask for help. And I'm also a huge proponent of outsourcing as much as you can from cleaning your house to using services like Instacart, if you have them available in your area, Um, anything to free up your time. 
so that you can use it in a way that lights you up is well, well worth it. So let's talk now about the partner because that's sometimes a problem, either because we don't know how to ask for help to our partner or because the partner is not there. So I don't know if you have any tips about, you know, how to get the partner involved in this so that um, we can also not feel like all the roles are on our shoulders. One show. Definitely. So going back to the calendar, I mean, Google Calendar is such an incredible tool now because one of the great things you can do is you can have certain sub calendars, like I talked about before, that you share with specific people. So mm-hmm. you don't have to open up your whole calendar and share your entire calendar with someone else, but you can share just like certain parts of your life. So that brings me to back to what you were saying about having a partner if you have a joint calendar with your partner, um, you can put things on there that are even fun, like date nights or fun things that you want to do to spend time together. But then also um, you can have a kid's calendar. So you're sharing everything about your kids so they can see it too. And then I also recommend getting access to your partner's schedule. So um, why that all works is example today, I we are all stuck at home. Um, we are very clear on our calendar, who's in charge of our daughter when. So I was in charge of my daughter until nap time. Um, my husband is in charge of her now. That's on his calendar. It says mm-hmm. I'm in charge of H. It's clear on the hours. We're both clearly on the same page on when he's in charge of her. And I layer over in my own calendar what I'm doing during that time, like recording this podcast. Mm-hmm. It sounds weird to be so formal with someone who's probably like in the other room from you right now, (laughs) but it ensures that everyone's on the same page. Mm -hmm. Um, It lets us plan far in advance and make sure that we're on the same page far in advance about who's in charge of the kids when, which then gives me the freedom to know when I get free time for myself, whether that's to take a shower, to work out or to do work things. Um, And it also cuts down on, Um, the amount of time that we have to talk about logistics every single day because we have this written game plan that then when we're together, we can talk about fun things. Oh, that's good. I love that you're saying that. This is so good. How you use technology to actually simplify your life and and bring, you know, quality time, time, quality time together instead of debating who does what. So it might be worth sitting one hour, you know, to discuss the plan and then have a routine and build it together. Um, I think it's important that the partner is on board. It's super important. That's for sure. But I yeah. do know from my experience and talking to so many of my friends who have kids, sometimes we tend to want people to guess what we want from them. And I think that that's the biggest mistake that especially women do. Don't expect your partner to guess what kind of help you need. Just say it as it is. My husband always tell me, just tell me what to do when to do it. That's it. And I'll do it. <laughs> Don't it is, it's, play games. It's you know? such a good point. And it's, you know, we all have varying levels of comfort with it. And it's something that I'm definitely still learning. But I do, I have a friend who has this, had their second child. And she was saying, I give my husband a list of things that he needs to do. And I tell him by when. And I think so much of us were like, but we want them to know to do it. We don't want to have to tell them. I don't want to be their mom. And it's, Unfortunately, then we're all frustrated. (laughs) Then we all walk away frustrated. So, you know, it might not be the ideal way you want things to get done by giving them a list or being very explicit, but it's a way to guarantee that it'll 
fun and the less headaches. So, yeah. So you mentioned a lot, Google calendar. Is there any mm -hmm. resource you can share with us to learn how to use it properly, especially um, doing this sub calendars? Yeah. Well, I actually have a course for entrepreneurs on how to start Google calendar in this, Wonderful. this way that I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, and so if you go to my website, there's, that's clear at kellynolan.com. Um, if you are not interested in looking for like a paid service to do this, it's not super difficult to learn how to like set up sub calendars, to share them with people, things like that. So Nomad Nation, here is what I'm going to do. I will put um, Kelly's website in the show notes of this episode. You'll find it there as well as I have also a resource for you there. You'll find it. But I, Kelly's making a point here. Sometimes it's better to pay for something that takes you straight to the point instead of you having to research on your own. Although I do think that everybody can learn via YouTube how to do it. Mm -hmm. Just look at it on your, I will just put you, put those different options in the webpage and you can decide what works for you best. So to find all the links and all the information, go to tandemnomads.com slash 162. And I will put all the resources there. I also have a free course about how to manage your time. It touched a little bit on what we talked about here, but it's kind of different. So it's also good if you really have the time to, to dig deeper into this. So I'll put all those resources there for you, but I hope that which touched upon so many important things here about number one, you know, stitching the to-do list, looking at your calendar, embracing it, and then, you know, getting the support system you need. So this is in normal times. <laughs> this is when things are normal. Although I wonder, you know, family life is not always like, like, uh, you know, a steady, right. long, <laughs> long road with no unexpected things to happen, which leads me to actually what's happening now with the, the crisis. Most of parents are bound at home with kids being, you know, closed and have to homeschool while managing the, the, the business and having the whole family there. No more space. Uh, sharing the space and not having time and space to focus. That's a lot of challenges. So how is your day to day going in, in that way? It's been, you know, it's, it's definitely a challenge for all of us. Um, even as someone who enjoys using structure to bring clarity and freedom to my own life, it's something that I've been, you know, struggling with as with anybody else. Um, you know, I'm now stuck at home with my daughter who was sick for five days and my husband's an emergency room doctor. So it's been just a bit of a crazy time. Um, at the time of this recording, we're only about in the U S it's really only been like a little crazy, like pretty crazy for about a week and a half. And so I would just say that, you know, I'm learning to be gentle with myself um, and realizing this is an unprecedented pandemic we're dealing with um, that's affecting businesses in major, major ways um, across the world. And so it's okay to be gentle with yourself through this period of time. But I'm also now you're catching me at the transition of realizing we do not know how long this is going to last. And so that feeling I've been sitting with for the last week and a half, while important and okay with me to have gone through that transition, I don't want to live like that for the next potential two months. So 
I am now learning um, how to, like, how, what do I want to focus on in my business? Maybe picking one or two big goals and just focusing on those and doing them well with my more limited time. Um, so taking the principles we talked about, I'm very clear on when I have free time to work. And it's not when my daughter's awake. My daughter, I just can't. So it's before she wakes up. It's after she goes to bed. It's during her nap times. And it's when my husband is home to watch her. Um, and we split our time in that way that I talked about. So I'm very clear on my time is more limited, but when do I have time? And then I build in within that free time, you know, everything, including like, when am I going to cook? When am I going to shower? When am I going to have time to talk with friends? Because that is important, I think. Mm -hmm. But then once that stuff is blocked, there's still white space. What am I doing with my business? And obviously it's reined in to an extent, but it's still going. I mean, people are still buying my online products. So if people are going to show up for me and my business, like I need to show up for them and put um, stuff out there. So I think that it's definitely an odd time and be okay being gentle with yourself on that, but also realize we're going to go back to normal. We're going to get there. So we need to keep going, even if you can just do baby steps at this point, like keep moving forward. Yeah. Which, so for me, what it tells me, and I love that you say that at the beginning, that it's important to be gentle with yourself when the, when, uh, and I want to talk about this, not just with this um, pandemic uh, with COVID-19, but in general, when as a parent and any human, anyhow, there's a lot of times where unexpected things happen. There are serious and demand a lot of, a lot of time and disruption. So in any case, I think we need that time to, to be gentle with ourselves and to take care of the cells because we're human beings and it's okay mm -hmm. to once just feel like you want to crawl and, and you can't keep up. It's, it's, it's okay. But what I liked as well, what you said, now that you're giving yourself a week or two to just like let it sit in and figure it out and, and, and take care of yourself, then you're like, okay, I need now to think about what's next, even if I don't have the visibility of how long this is going to last. And, exactly. and starting rebuilding, you know, based on what you said, rebuilding your routine, readjusting it in a way that it works. Exactly. And I think, you know, do the things that you can to take care of yourself still has, it's been huge, even in those moments of like, not wallowing, but just feeling a little lost in the uncertainty um, to the extent you can be working out or getting outside for a walk on your own there. there it's just so critical to grab on to the things that bring you joy, whatever mm -hmm. they may be right now. It's um, true. And move your body. <laughs> That's so important to keep bringing and doing those things that bring you joy and energy. Mm -hmm. That's so important. So, um, I think we covered a lot of things here. And is there anything you want to add to what we discussed here? No, I mean, I think whether it, whether it goes for now or when life goes back to normal, I think getting realistic with your schedule, your availability, and when you're going to do certain things will help you build that realistic game plan that will set you up both for success and like really enjoying that success and feeling of accomplishment. And I think that know that there are systems you can use to help you get there so that if you feel like you're not naturally good at this, like don't let that just stick you in the corner where you're like, this is what it's like to be an adult. It's crazy and it's overwhelming. There are ways that you can help yourself out with systems um, to get there. And I just, if it's okay to share one little story yeah. on this, I just want to be clear, like about two or three months ago, 
I actually had committed to showing up at a friend's event for her and I missed it. Like I totally blanked. I didn't realize till the next day. And you know, I have, I'm here sitting as a time management expert and I was like, Oh my gosh, like this is so embarrassing. What happened? And I realized in the course of filming my course, I had turned off my phone alerts on my phone and I didn't get a phone alert. And that was such an incredible moment for me to realize Had that happened five years ago before I had my system, I would have been like, I am such a mess. What is wrong with me? I am a bad friend. And now once I realized it, I was like, oh, my system failed me. Like it wasn't in place. And now I just make sure it's in place and I'm back and I'm back and I'm good. And it wasn't, it wasn't a character flaw. It was just my, you need a system to help you show up for your friends, to be a great mom, to be a great business owner and live the life you want. And I, it had been so long since I felt that feeling of dropping a ball that it was such a great reminder. And it just showed me like, I'm still not naturally organized. I still don't know this stuff, but I, with the right system, you can get where you want to go, even not as a naturally organized person. (laughs) And I think with that is being realistic on when you're able to work. And I am a huge proponent of prioritizing sleep. It's actually one of the first things I have you like calendar. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But being productive does not mean like work all the time and work anytime you have the option. If you are exhausted and you need to sleep in, like I'm the first one to tell you to sleep in because if you don't, the rest of your day is shot, you know, get less time to work, but you'll be better able to rate product and do it in less time. Exactly. And putting self-care as a priority intentionally is really important. Among that, as you said, hours of sleep are important. So if you feel tired, go to sleep and don't try to do something else. It makes you feel like you're doing something, but you're actually not. Yeah. And that's that's the beauty of like these like calendared block time. If you had something you were going to do and you're like, I need to go to sleep, just drag and drop it into a new home and then go to bed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's important. All right. So this was so good, Kelly. Thank you so much for all these great tips. I really appreciate it. And even more now that I know that you're really, you know, uh, limited in time right now (laughs) with the situation. Thank you so much for having me. This is wonderful. Yeah. Thank you so much. So Nomad Nation, we'll put all the resources we have for you in the show notes of this episode. So go to tandemnomads.com slash 164. I'll find, I'll also put all the info, 62, sorry, tandemnomads.com slash 162. I'll put all the information there as well as uh, check out Kelly's website. Can you tell us where to find you, Kelly? Yes, um, kellynolan.com. So K-E-L-L-Y-N-O-L-A-N.com. And I'm also active on Instagram at, at underscore Kelly Nolan underscore. Fabulous. Thank you again, Kelly and Nomad Nation. I hope this has helped you. And if you're listening to this episode during these uh, turmoil times, difficult times for a lot of people, I'm wishing you a lot of courage and a lot of good energy, sending you a lot of good vibes. You can do this, Nomad Nation. I know you can do this. Don't give up, but take care as well of yourself. And if hopefully you're listening to this at a time where things are better, I hope that this episode was also helpful for you. I think time is our most precious resource there's one thing you can never get back so use it effectively and i hope this episode helped you with that nomad nation stay tuned to turn your challenges into great opportunities and meet you in the next episode